the NFT Meta Jungle. This is Emma, aka Nifty Meta Girl, and on today's episode, we're going to be featuring one of the episodes from our series, Meta Jungle NFT Radio. We're going to be talking today with H. Chip on the elements of marketing. H. Chip is an active community member and has a lengthy background in marketing and promotion, and he's lending some of his tools and resources to the community to help educate us on ways in which we can better promote ourselves and build relationships between artists and collectors. We really enjoyed this opportunity to do a deep dive into some of the elements of marketing, and I'd like to thank my co-host for this episode, Sabode Shetty. We hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome to Meta Jungle Radio. Looking forward to our conversation today with H. Chip, the one and only. Um, We're going to be talking about the elements of marketing today, which we all know Chip is such a great resource for this topic. So really excited to also um, learn more about Chip, but also delve into this conversation and really be able to um, hopefully learn some things. So like he said earlier today, be sure you have a notebook with you, um, notebook or a, um, I think he said MacBook, and we'll be ready for a great conversation. And um, I want to say hello to Sabode. I know we've I opened up just a little bit early, so um, if you guys would like to tweet out the room, let others know that we are live and ready to go, it would be much appreciated. And we'll go ahead and um, get the space filled up here. We had a good number. I think we were up to 85 people on the invite response. So that's a pretty good number setting their reminders. Um, But hi, Sabode. How are you today? Hi, Emma. Good good night from my side. It's 1 a.m., but good morning to you. So looking forward to the space. And hi, Mike. And hi, everyone. I know, I know. With this particular um, conversation, this was, I think, our biggest challenge to set up um, when it came to time zones, where with being a global community, it does make it a challenge. So um, I know it's the middle of the night for you, so I apologize and really appreciate you going ahead and being able to join us. I know for Mike, it's about 5 p.m., it's 4 p.m. here, um, but hopefully for our, our Aussie friends, we'll be able to catch them in the morning time for them so um, and be able to enjoy having more people to the conversation but um, hi Mike how are you good hey guys how are you guys doing it's a good time for me just dropped my girlfriend off at the train she's going to work just gonna go to the grocery store and chat with you guys about I guess the elements of marketing Sounds like a nice Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, relaxing, relaxing Sunday. It's a nice day too here in New York. Nice sunny day. So, yep, pretty excited. It's a lot of people here. We do have quite a few joining us um, and great to have everybody here. Um, We'll go ahead and chat for just a second. I know it's morning time for Chip, so as he's getting... um, 
I'm sure he'll be jumping in anytime now. Um, but definitely want to say hello to everybody in the room. Um, we have lots of people that are going to be interested in this topic. I know it's something we're always um, working towards is um, having the opportunity to um, learn more about the ability to reach more people, especially in this space that's always changing and always developing and finding ways in which we can um, create opportunities and understand how we could um, how we can continue to advance ourselves in the space with gaining connections. So, um, hi, Chip. How are you? Hey, how you doing? All right? You, you can hear me, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Loud and clear. Sweet. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm a bit of a disturbed night's sleep because West Ham, West Ham kicked off at, played at midnight and that's my football team. So I couldn't not, I couldn't not know what was happening. I, what I intended to do was sleep through it and watch it this morning, but knowing that they were playing was enough for me to not be able to sleep. So anyway, long story short, I've not really slept very well, but I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. You know, I wondered about that because I saw I saw tweets coming through and I thought, I think that's, you know, I never know what time it is in Australia. <laughs> I thought, I think it's the middle of the night, but maybe not. <laughs> so that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and the, and the date, <laughs> it was confusing, but we're, we're all here. So I think, I think we're okay. You gotta, you gotta know your, uh, you gotta know your time zones for good marketing. So I make my post when uh, when Turkey India is awake. It's the best. <laughs> I set the uh, I set, I have uh, on my world uh, world clock on my iPhone. I set up like all the different time zones, like um, the Asia time zones and um, like Turkey Istanbul and Australia. So I just have to jump to it and see. And I'm, I guess I'm starting to memorize them a little bit better. I think there is a knack to that for sure, figuring out where everybody is and, and how that, um, how we're going to, what times we can interact with them for sure. Um, but Chip, really appreciate you overcoming the challenges with time zones. I know we talked about that quite a bit as we were working on getting this um, session set up. So thank you very much for accommodating. And and I think, and also thank you to Sabode since <laughs> it's 1 a.m. his time. <laughs> I think he might have had the hardest, but <laughs> really appreciate um and also several in the audience that i know is different times for everybody but great to have you with us chip i know there's been lots of opportunity that we've um you know had brief back and forth and the chance to kind of hit on some of these topics with marketing so really appreciate you agreeing to um join us today to hopefully dive in a little bit different to some of these because i know this is an area that you have a lot of experience in and also something that you show a lot of passion in um and so i first wanted to say hello and also see if there was any introduction that you wanted to provide you know I you have a great pinned tweet that kind of provides some of those details but just wanted to kind of open that up and say hello and see if you wanted to share with the audience any um, details about yourself yeah sure um is it, yeah I mean it's not really marketing that I'm passionate about so much as um trying to trying to trying to see the uh better outcomes for people really that's where that's where my passion is that's where my passion was at work and that's where it kind of remains in this space um but yeah for those that don't know me um i was uh i'm not an artist can't do anything creative um but i have worked 
uh, at senior levels at um, News Corp, which is a massive media organisation um, running uh, a number of their businesses here in Australia. My last last job, last role there, I was running six businesses um, with a P&L of hundreds of millions um, and a gross profit margin close to 20%. So that like that, I mean, none of that means anything to you and it doesn't really matter either, but it, but I think um, how I did, how, how we did it, you know, how we improved results is it could be applied in some instances to your world. Um, really where I sort of spend my time professionally is focused on the people. So, so I, I, I can't, if, if, if there's anything I specialize in, it's really um, performance, high performance coaching and developing people to, uh, to kind of maximize their output. Um, so that's, that's, and that's where my passion is as well, like I said before. So if I can be of any assistance to anyone here, it's really in the, it's really in the mold of um, help, help, helping you to, you know, identify where, where, where you can improve and then, and then show, showing you the roadmap or the, or the course of action required to, um, to overcome those gaps. Very good. Very cool. And it's great to know just a little bit about um, your background. I think you and I were, I think it was maybe Friday, we were in a space or in the last few days. And I know I had shared about passion and business experience and you reiterated so well that that does help set the stage and that people, it's great for people to be asking when someone's speaking, like what their background is and what, why they should be able to contribute to a conversation. So knowing more about your background, I think really sets that up and makes a lot of sense. Um, and it is an amazing opportunity in this space to see people gain skills and be able to be successful. It's, it's, I share that passion with you. And I think that that's something we definitely connect over. So love hearing that. Um, and I guess just also before we get into maybe the elements of, of talking about details within one of the tweets that is that, that Savode shared to the top, I was curious, how did you come to the NFT space? Well, I know that's a general question that we always, you know, kind of get, but very curious how this, um, how, how you found this space and how you came to be as involved. Cryptocurrency is a gateway drug, isn't it? You know, it's like um, you start off with a bit of cannabis and before you know it, you're jacking up in the corner with some H. Um, that's basically what happened. <laughs> I, I, I was, I've been in crypto for a while and um, NFTs was just a natural progression, wasn't it? Like, I, I mean, I love, I love the arts. Music is really my first passion. I, I absolutely love music. Um, and I've got a, a couple of really good mates um, who are artists. One of them here is Dave, um, and and I just sort of dipped my toe in. And before I knew it, I was handing in my notice <laughs> to school and um, jumping <laughs> fully into the into this space. And uh, I don't think I've got any regrets. I mean, it's been tough. Like it's uh, it's not the greatest of markets, but working with with artists is. It can be frustrating, but it's brilliant. Like they're conversations I've never ever had before in my life. Um, so, so I love it. I, I really love being here. Um, yeah. So answer your question. I think it does. Definitely, definitely, right on for sure. And I guess too, that helps um, also explain kind of what where you see the space moving in the future that it's you definitely have confidence in what we're creating here and what we have for the future 100 percent. like the, the, the future of the space is going to is going to be you know i've got some pretty strong opinions of where i think the space is headed but it's all in it's all good stuff um but i think i think i do think that the people are going to start getting you know they'll get found out people are going to get found out if if they're going to be reliant on their craft and their craft alone 
I think that, you know, artists are going to have to adopt a business mindset to some degree. And I know that there's this ethos of let the art speak for itself. Well, you can do that, but if no one's in the room listening, nothing's going to happen. You, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to make people get into that room to hear the, the, the art speak. So, I think the artists that, that are a bit open-minded to that and are prepared to um, be a, bit, a little bit less um, bashful about wanting to make money. You know, I, I, I think that's a bit of a theme that I've, I've noticed. Um, and I think there, there shouldn't be any shame attached to wanting to make money out of your craft and your hard work. It's taken years to hone those skills. So it's only right you should be able to commoditize and commercialize those. Um, so I, th I think I think really that's the, that's the number one thing I'm looking for is artists that are demonstrating um, an ability to, to, to almost act as a sort of business owner as, as opposed to um, just a creative. So, so Chip, uh, we're all different, right? And there's so many different, you know, personality types and different people in the space that have different goals and stuff. So, like, how do you gauge um, – what type of questions do you, like, initially ask someone that you're going to help out to sort of gauge where they're at and um, how far along they are and, and, you know, what their knowledge is as far as, like, a, a business and building a brand mindset goes? Like, what, what are, do you have, like, a – like a notepad where you kind of have like some questions where you, 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 you know, you, you use to gauge that. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the only question I really ask is what do you want to achieve over the next 12 months? So, or, 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 or what does, the, what does, what does an amazing next 12 months look like for you? So in 12 months time, we have a conversation. What is it you've accomplished in that 12 months for you to look back and say, that's my best year ever. Right? If, if, if you can answer that succinctly, then I've got someone I can work with. If there's loads of waffle and there's 15 goals and none of them are measurable, then there's a lot of work to be done. But, that, but that's where it starts. So you, have to, you have to know what you're gunning for before you can start gunning. Um, so I always start with, what are we doing here? Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, right? So, yeah, if, I guess if you if you ask somebody that question and, they, you know, they're really passionate about something that they want to accomplish, um, you know, then they, they should have they should be able to, you know, easily answer that question. Like you said, then it's then you have something that you have someone to work with. But if not, and, and, then I get, and, and, and yeah, go so, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the, every every goal should really be the same as well. And like in, in my view, really, you're here to generate ETH income. So the goal should always be a number. You know how much how much ETH. Think of any business. That's 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 all it comes down to is how much how much you're gonna put in front of the board at the end. Of, you know, in a twelve month period. Um, and and so that 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 should everyone should have that same goal in my view. And and if it's a goal like I want to be on Super Rare, um, you, you know that's that's not a goal, is it? <laughs> your your goal should be for Super Rare to be coming knocking down your door, tying you down and and torturing you until you sign the fucking contract to work with them not not to apply to them every five minutes until they finally concede and let you be on their platform you know let's have a little bit of arrogance about us so so what is the so what is the advice uh to the people that say that that's the goal that they want is to be on super air right it's just to work on on them on them it's just to work on themselves every day right just to be the best version of themselves and you know create art and you know, uh, apply all the, you know, the tools that you're helping them with, obviously with through, uh, marketing, building relationships, et cetera. And, you know, they, that should sort of put, that should sort of put you on their radar. If you're, if you're building your own brand for yourself and no one else, right. I probably wouldn't use as many words as that. I'd probably just ask them why. 
and keep asking them why until eventually they say, because I can sell for more. And you go, right, so it's about ETH. And then you get back to the original goal. And so it sounds like a lot of it is goals initially is figuring out what our goal is. So, and then identifying a need. Well, there's not identifying a need is more when, when if you're selling stuff, so, but, but I think, you know, for you, for, for, for as the starting point for the business is what date is it like mid October or something. So this time next October, this business, the meta jungle business, the Sabode business, you know, whatever is going to generate X amount of ETH. And you know how much ETH you made last year. You know what your floor price is. You know how many weeks it takes you to create a collection. So you can you can do you know you can apply maths to this to come to a number. But then you want to put a thirty percent stretch on it. Um, all the goals in my team. There's a few people here actually. Dave and Sasha. Hey Sasha. I was scanning the room. Steph's here. Hey Steph. Um, there's a few of them here. So so we'll we'll we'll, we'll create a stretch goal. You know it's not going to be an easy goal. It's supposed to be a goal that you don't expect to hit or that anybody expects you to hit, you, you know? So um, that's, yeah, that's always the starting point. And then, and then once you've got that goal, it's, we, we, we just work on general measures um, that, that keep you on track to ensure that goal is being set. And and, and then you start getting into mind and uh, like state distraction, all of these things that ensure that, you're not doing stuff that isn't contributing to the goal. <laughs> like anything, anything that you can cut out of your operating rhythm that doesn't contribute to your goal, cut it out. Just don't do it um, and replace it with things that do. And if you just do that one thing, you'll, um, you'll get momentum on your side and momentum brings opportunity. So, you know, it's, I, try and keep, I try and just simplify everything, really. I'm a pretty simple person. So hitting, hitting a big goal, right, is just like banging out a bunch of little goals along the way is, is that is that right like to simplify it well i think it's just going you know going for the stars I, I, may, may's not in here but i'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing like so i i shut down with may like probably christmas last year or something and she put this goal in front of me and and i don't know she was saying oh i don't want to set a goal too high because like then i'm going to stress out if i miss i'm going to get anxious all this stuff um and i doubled it and then after the first three months, I chucked another 10 ETH on it. And if you look at her report for the last three months, I think she's on track. To, like her original goal was something like 15, 10 ETH or 15 ETH. I think she'll do 50. Um, and, and that's what happens. You know, you, you, goals can become a, a time-bound belief system whereby if you set a target of 10 ETH, then as you're approaching 10 ETH, you, naturally, you slow down. You're naturally slowing down. Um, I, I, want you, I want you racing through the finish line at the end. Um, and the only way you do that is by, you know, constantly, constantly in growth, stretching for more and more and never satisfied, um, which sounds probably stresses some of you out, but it really isn't. It's, it's not stressful. Um, and you'll make you make more money if you apply that sort of thing. But we're, that's a little bit off topic. To be honest. So we're talking we're talking really high performance there um, rather than. You know the, the sort of marking disciplines. Um, what uh, I think what the outcome I was trying to get to today was to try and remove some of the noise in the space. And and, and it's not this is not a slight at anyone, but I have done a lot of research of sitting in marking spaces to understand what's being shared. Um, and I haven't asked for the you know the, the the credentials of these people or anything like that. But 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 it does feel to me that 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 is more confusing than helpful in some instances. 
And so, so, so my goal here, along with Emma and Sub, is um, and yourself, is to try and try and simplify things. You don't you don't need to be a marketing expert, and nor can you be. You're never going to be a marketing expert. In the same way, I'm never going to be good at taking photos or coloring in or whatever it is you guys do. Um, you know, so we'll just try and simplify everything. That coloring in thing was a joke, by the way. I wasn't being a dick. I can see the followers going down now. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is is there something to be said though about you know sort of being content but happy with your life, but also ambitious at the same time? Like, and not. I mean, if you're if you're always never satisfied, then aren't you sort of in a situation in your life where you're never exactly happy? I mean, there's got to be like yep. some. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, 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 so that, that, that phrase I use, constant state of dissatisfaction, it has negative connotations, but it's not. It's positive. So what, what, what constant state of dissatisfaction looks like this, and Sarah demonstrated the other day in the space really beautifully, accidentally probably, but she's, she, she's just sold out um, her collection, been really with minimal fuss, happened pretty quickly, um, got accepted onto Super Rare, bunch of, bunch of good things happening in her world. And she was in the car and she's driving and she said, um, I just, we just have to get, what was it? She had some urgency about her, about getting some things done before um, new people come in the space, something like that it was. And so her mind is already moved from the reward state and into, I'm, I, I, I've got to get this done. I need to get this done. So it's really purpose driven um, rather than, so, 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 you know, a state of dissatisfaction is I sold my collection out in 12 hours and it was a 12 piece collection. I'm happy with that. Next time, I'm going to do 15 pieces in 10 hours. That's that's what I mean by constant state of dissatisfaction. You're constantly raising the bar for yourself. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you for clarifying that. And I think too, as far as I, we can move move forward and kind of get a little bit more on topic. But something I appreciate what you said about goal setting, um, H, is that you don't really your your level of success isn't directly tied to checking off the the check marks on the goal it's not just stopping there and also you know not you can set something that's really high and it may see, seem unattainable and figuring out how to get there but you might also surprise yourself and fully exceed that so figuring out what you want figuring out how to start stepping in that direction but then you may create this momentum that you do more than you ever needed to so maybe that also helps relieve some of that stress and pressure of deciding that this is like the thing that you have to just keep you know obsessing over daily yeah i think i think a lot of it comes down to so if you just look at a number let's say let's say i said to one of you guys well you got to do 50 ETH next year you you know you'd cheat yourself but if, if if i broke it down and said look your floor price is x it, you've already told me it takes you x amount of time to, to deliver this work right and, and 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 by shifting these levers by 10 percent in each way you can calculate, right, my floor price is one ETH. It takes me two weeks to do it, which means I've got 26 items in the year. I've also got a sales period of X. And so you, and so you identify th little little areas that you can improve. You go, okay, well, what if, we, what if we reduce the production time by 20%? That means you can fit in an extra three pieces. And without increasing your floor price, that means you've got an extra X amount of ETH at the end of the year. And, and then you keep moving these levers, um, and then they become habits. And, and so and so you're no longer working to a shorter deadline you're now working on a new new better more efficient operating rhythm and then you go through the process again in the next cycle 
And so you're constantly slowly removing all these distractions and noise and things like that so that you're 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 productive as close to 100% of the time as possible and if you can if you can master that uh, where you're leaving no potential left on the table at the end of every day you would be amazed the the the, the way you got to think about it is like do you have an interest like this is an open question for everyone is are you interested in 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 in, in knowing what you as an individual are capable of if you do nothing but your very best for every second for the next 12 months only for 12 months right just just to see but are you not in is there is there a sense of gosh that's intriguing i wouldn't mind knowing what i'm capable of if if i did apply that um and if you can and you can harness that um i think you'd be you you would shock yourself at just what you're capable of i, I think anybody in here can do at least 3x on what they've done this year if they can adopt that mindset That would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, I think I think that it's really exciting to apply some some principles that we know work in the traditional sense to this space because it is so new and you know we're coming into this and I think that it's very unique to have such a group of people that have different strengths and have different experiences and see how they start melding together and how we can all kind of build this together and move forward and see different successes. It's super, super exciting. Um, but something too that I know is a key component of that, that you have been a good advocate of is removing the noise. And so like relating to that, okay, we know our goal. We know we want to do 50 ETH this year. But we have to do Twitter spaces. We have to tweet out. We have to do our Instagram, our TikTok, our Discord, our YouTube. Keep up with what every marketplace is doing. Understand how crypto works and on and on and on. How do we start figuring out what's actually important and what is going to help us actually get to 50 ETH? Like, how do we do that? Okay, so the, f the first thing is, is there's nothing wrong with having some downtime either. So what I, what I don't like is, um, is, is just lying to yourself. So if you're going into a space on a Friday night um, to have a few beers and chill with mates, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But don't pretend you're going in there to network. You're going in there because it's funny. Um, and that's, there's absolutely no problem with that. Um, so, so I think just an awareness of the outcome you want of every task will keep you, keep you on the straight and narrow. So, for instance, if you, everyone in this space, well, hopefully this isn't a waste of time. But you should be saying, well, what is, what is my outcome here? And it should be along the lines of three actionable points that I can put into play this week. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to write down three things that I pick up in this space, and I'm going to apply them tomorrow. Um, and and if you do that, then you know you've 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 walked away with something of benefit. If you don't do it, then um, you've sat in here, you've listened, you know, you might have had a nice time, whatever probably got triggered once or twice and then and then it will leave your head and you'll get on with how you've always done things so nothing will change um so just so, 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 just an awareness like before you start everything it's what what is the purpose of this just a heightened state of awareness of what is the purpose of it and what is the outcome you're trying to get to and that 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 in itself just by doing that will will help you avoid tasks that don't contribute to the goal that makes a lot of sense Go ahead, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to ask uh, something about this uh, right now where we are, which is the bear market, where the, the motivation is quite low. I mean, overall, because 
you know people are even scared to drop something like one of ones you know mo- most often it's a game of uh, additions and community supporting each other and etc because there is a kind of a feeling that one of ones may not sell one of ones have a difficult job to do because collectors are kind of uh, being cautious on how they spend and etc so in this kind of a market uh, how do you if there is any uh, tips or tricks for you know uh, or words of wisdom for the space uh, on how I'll, to I'll go be, ahead if I, if i'm an artist in this current climate i'm rubbing my hands with glee this is the this is the most exciting time what it allows you to do and 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 it's easy to think that bear markets are restricted to crypto just because we use the term all the time other people call it recessions and stuff but bear markets happen in every single industry on the planet there's like travel real estate um everything every market has has these things and what happens is the the giants in that space triple their marketing budget um go to go to town and um when the market recovers they'll they'll be three basis points up on their market share and all of the mum and dad businesses will be out of, they'll be out so what what how does how does that relate to you well you already see that the space is emptying people people are disappearing that's not scary if I, if i'm if i'm you and i'm still here that's not scary that's really exciting because it means that the three other people that are competing for that that dollar right so the, the other the other people taking cat photos of cats in the jungle sub that have left well all those all of that that eth or whatever token it is spent on that wildlife you can now take um so i think it's a real opportunity if you to, to, to double down on your on your efforts um and i think that collectors aren't stupid um you know like that, that, that they'll notice they'll notice you being here and just by being here i think you're doing huge things for your brand and for your future um so i would flip that I would flip that internal narrative from fear and uh, despair and shit to this is fucking awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few people out. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you know take an extra couple of percent uh, market share. I think it's really well said and refreshing to hear how unapologetic you are about it because I think people try to act in this space like you know there there is no such thing as competition and it's all it's all love and skittles and rainbows and stuff, but it's it's just not true. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, we, we, we love to, to celebrate each other. Right. Like I, I celebrate I love to uh, celebrate everyone's wins and everything like that. But you're right, though. I mean, it is a time like that where um, if people left and you're still here, um, you're just building and you have um, massive upside and potential and opportunity for uh, when it turns around. And especially if you're here now and, and you're able to do well while it's in the bear market. Um, that's a really, really good signal. So I think people need to hear that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, competition is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Like, what you want, you know, there's a balance to this. If if every photographer leaves the space and you're the only photographer left, then you that's nervy. That, <laughs> you've got to worry at that point that there is no market. Um, so there is a balance. But, there's you know, there's safety in having competition. If you don't have any competition, then there's no demand for the product. So it is a, it is a balance. Um but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you know, retweet each other's work, do all that fluffy artist stuff. But equally, kill each other if they're taking your money. If they're stopping your kids from going on holiday, then um, you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to take that business, right? I mean, I would. I love it, man. But coming to the uh, another part, which is uh, you know, right now we know that crypto 
is low you know like when i joined in it was $4000 right now it's 1300 or whatever so do we start selling for you know because we still value our work at certain point so is it still one eth is equal to one eth or should we start uh, increasing our price according to the eth value what it is okay so at? i'm going so, so i'm going to speak i'm going to speak as a collector now i don't care what you do you 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 do whatever you want but if you're going to if you're going to use that and say well eth has gone down in value so i have to charge more eth then you know that i'm going to be knocking on your door when eth goes up and i'm going to say look i'm now paying you point 0.1 because you can't take it both ways you can't say well it's gone up no it's an eth to eth like just know that you're going to get hammered when eth recovers well said i am getting so sorry i got muted i got a message from michael we all know michael saying that chip is on fire so i agree chip is on fire let's keep going <laughs> mate i had no I've, mate i don't feel on fire at all i actually feel like I could so, you know when you're so tired you feel like you can vomit and i had to take the dog for a walk as well before this and it was raining and you obviously shit everywhere and it was one of the soft ones and <laughs> thanks michael uh have you had your coffee yet that's an awful don't, start to the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink coffee. I used to drink coffee, and um, and then uh, I don't know what happened. Actually, I just stopped. I, I think I had to start making it myself. So, no, nah, not for me. I have an up and go a banana, and uh, what else did I eat? I ate something. Oh my god, maybe I didn't eat anything. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not in great form to be honest, but I'll get through. <laughs> well we're again glad that you joined us today and yes you're doing a great job so we would have never known that <laughs> i am a little curious with the noise and you know approaches of finding collectors and marketing to collectors you know that is a big part of like figuring out what direction to go and where we're spending our time do what do you think that we need to be present on every single social media platform? Like, and how, how are we, is it about entertaining one another and building that community? How should we be looking at coming about, you know, connecting with people that actually want to buy our work if our goal is to sell our work? Um, well, I think that this is, this is where additions came in a few months ago. Um, I think because everyone spends all their time with each other. It's like when you go to the, you know, you, you, you go, you, you spend a fortune on a networking event and you see all of your staff speaking to each other rather than speaking to the CEOs in the room. And, um, and it's similar, you know, it's similar because it's much nicer to sit in a room full of photographers and talk about exposure and the latest fucking lens, right? And all that nerdy stuff you talk about. Um, it's much easier to do. It's much nicer to do that than it is to, go and knock down some doors and you know and 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 make connections with collectors but um i don't think i don't think you need to be on every social i, I mean again it's i think it's really about awareness of outcome like what are you what is it you're trying to achieve um if you know and and and, and as long as you're honest with that and you and, you, and it's not well, I'm in spaces all day and i've got an awareness that it's fun and that's why i'm doing it and that well obviously you know you don't go that far but um just, just you know, holding yourself to account and know what, what you're trying to get out of it. But what other socials are there? I mean, you don't. Do you need to be on anything other than Twitter at this point? I don't know. I, I, I didn't think you did, but I wouldn't know. You would know better than me, probably. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the ones I'm on, it's uh, Twitter. I'd probably say, uh, 
eighty to ninety percent of my time is probably spent on uh, Twitter. Not probably eighty percent, and the other, you know, d- uh, Discord. Um, probably twenty percent on Discord actually. And oh, sorry, so I'm, I'm I'm a little off with the numbers, but and then there's there's Instagram, which is like probably ten percent uh of my time on there and then they have other ones that you know people are using like vero which could be like the new instagram or something but i just haven't figured out a way to uh to implement my time there and i spend zero percent of the time on facebook i just have my instagram (laughs) my instagram uh posts trickle right into a facebook sort of uh on their own because the there's no real uh, market for me. I feel like uh, they're on Facebook, but at least with Instagram, still commercial jobs um, is I get a lot of commercial jobs from uh, Instagram or just like uh, people seeing the work and reaching out and saying, hey, do you shoot um, baptisms? Do you shoot 40, uh, 40 year old birthday parties and, and stuff like that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I do. Sure. Here's my here's my prices. And, and, you know, so I get jobs from there. But yeah, I think Twitter is the Twitter is the, the biggest uh, I think the biggest one right now if we're talking about. Uh, the bridge for art, um, the, the bridge for art within Web three, and we're talking about our, our goals being uh, making um, making a living through um, for, through cryptocurrency, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would I would encourage you to be spending more time on the actual platforms, like the the, the ones that are actually selling, you know, at the checkout point. Um, I mean, I hate these guys, like, but but the, but the, in, in terms of like building your business, that's really where you're going to do it because you've got all the data of the collectors and uh, what their behaviours are. All of that stuff is is available on those, you know, on those platforms. So I'd be trawling those much more than probably most people are. That, that's where I think if I'm you, I'd be spending a lot of time on those. Are you talking about like OpenSea and uh, Object and, and Foundation and, and, and is that is that what you mean? Yeah, not Object, but, but the but the proper platforms. So, so I'd really go on to Foundation <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'd go on to Foundation and Makers and Super Rare and uh, OpenSea, and I'd figure out what you know what what these people are doing. Um, I mean that 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 basically leads us into segmentation market, doesn't it? Um, start identifying who your consumer is and have a targeted approach with your marketing as opposed to this kind of sweeping prey, you know, spray and pray, flag waving exercise, hoping someone notices you on on a Twitter feed. Um, so it's, you know, I think I think you'd increase your ROI significantly and your conversions and so on by having a more targeted approach. And so to kind of to move to that topic, which I think is a great a great um, topic to discuss and also just a concept for people to, to understand is like if we're going about the process and ways in which we can start identifying collectors and even really how we're identifying what messaging we're presenting. So I know in traditional business world, so when we create a product, um, we build a business, create a product, we're thinking about how we're going to be representing it visually um, to the people that we're going to want to consume the product. And so how can we do that in this space? I know I've really enjoyed hearing how you've broken that down. So how can we go about that in this space? Yeah. So okay. So like marketing is a massive. It's a massive topic. It's so it's so broad to to, to, to try and do a space and call it marketing is it's um 
I don't think it's offensive. I don't really find anything offensive, but it's it's uh, it's maybe as close as it gets. It's it's really like you, you just want to strip back and just look at the fundamentals of marketing and then apply them to your business. A lot of it's unnecessary. You don't you don't need a go to market strategy. You don't you don't you know you don't need. Um, a bunch of focus groups to talk about how they emotionally connected with the logo, but none of that stuff is needed. Um, but what you do need to apply is uh, a target, I think, a targeted approach to increase your ROI and your and your conversion. Um, so, so traditional things like segmenting the market um, and ensuring that you're putting the right products in front of the right people at the right time. You know, that's a sort of marketing ethos. But that's if if you if you apply that in your world, I think you'll you'll reap the benefits of doing it. Um, and, it and it also removes this nonsense that goes on in your heads of, oh, I don't want to bother a collector. I don't want to speak to, oh, they might not like that. Like that, that that's removed if, if you can replace it with, I'm putting something of value in front of these people because then it turns into, I'm doing them a favor. I'm, do, I'm curating on their behalf. Um, if you can shift that dialogue to something like that, then, then your confidence in approaching these, these people will, um, will, will increase. Yeah, I think there's something to be said too about like there's a lot of work that goes into uh, being successful within like just let's say a drop um, before the drop happens. Um, and I don't think a, a lot of people are using to their advantage like people in the space that can help them with that. And so like for instance, you know, like uh, do you know a great graphic designer that can make a poster for you about your upcoming release, right? Um, do you, you know, what are like like identifying like what your your strengths and weaknesses within um marketing and the space in, in in general right so like do you do you know someone who's good at putting like a a, a nice video together right and like all of this stuff could you know if you make yourself look really professional um then you're going to gather a lot more interest right so if you know a great graphic designer that could put a a, a poster together that looks as good uh, or better than something that you find on Netflix, then um, you're going to have a lot of people saying, well, whoa, 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 what is this? Like, I'm, I'm interested in what's going on here. Or, um, you know, if someone who can create a video that, that brings in a lot of appeal ab about what's going to happen. And I see a lot of people, they just drop things, um, you know, and then they just say, oh, I'm dropping it this date. It just drops. There's not much build up to it. And then they have a lot of questions as to, you know, why haven't I sold a piece? Why, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, and, you know, also just there's, you know, things that people think are, are, are little, like you go on OpenSea and their banner is low resolution or like the banner is not the part of the picture that you even want to see. Um, and it's just like, it, it looks kind of lazy. Um, if you kind of just hit all of those, those marks and it looks professional in every area, I just feel like there's just a much better chance for you being collected. I mean, me as a collector, cause I operate as a collector as well. Like I look at all that stuff too. And when something looks like really clean, really thought out and really well done, I just have a lot more confidence in, in not just the, uh, the art and product that I'm buying, but the, the person that I'm, that I'm collecting from. If, yeah, I mean, look, if you're talking about video trailers to, 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 you know, in the lead up to a drop, you've got the best person in the whole space on speaker here, David. He's, the, the piece he did for his uh, ball run, I think it was called, it was unbelievable. I felt like I was, I was at Hoyt's, you know, Hoyt's and their massive comfy chairs that you, you know them ones? Yeah, so you know you, them? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. You, 
you talked about <laughs> you talked you talked about writing things down right while we're in here. So that's something that I just wrote into my notes, like that David is good at that. And so when it comes to, you know, my next drop, I may reach out to David now and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm looking for this, etc. Um, and I think a good thing, too, is like also, you know, you need to have incentive for the people that are putting out work for you as well. So it's like with Anna Julia Gobb, who does my uh, my graphic design stuff, um, she always gets a piece that she gets to pick from um, before the before the drop happens. Not only that, I you know, I blast her name all over every single thing that I do after that too. So, um, it's, it's sort of free marketing in itself for her as well as she gets a a piece. And then I get, um, I get a beautiful, uh, poster that looks like it's straight out of, uh, off of Netflix and that. And so, uh, you know, I think, I think leveraging, you know, like, you know, like just, using who you've networked with and, and writing it down and knowing who's good for what and not being afraid to message them and say, he, he, this is what I need. Um, this is what I'm willing to, to, to give back. I mean, obviously, and like any, anything you can do contra as a business, that's what you do. Like you don't, you, you, it doesn't go on your, it doesn't go on the cost component of your P&L for a start. So, you know, so any, any country you can do, you should be doing like an exchange of goods, basically. Um, hundred percent. You should be doing that. Uh, there was something else you said in that massive diatribe. What did you say? This is the problem when people talk too much because I can't remember what was said. My memory is so bad for my twenties that I can't. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I talked about I talked about you know le- <laughs> leveraging people to fill in the gap for your uh, your weaknesses. Oh, oh, or, or... oh no, Mike, I, Mike, I remember now. I remember. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it was it was um, it was at the beginning. I think you were talking about when people are doing drops, and um, and I think uh, yeah. So so you want to be selling out like fifty percent of your drop before it happens. Um, obviously, you know, just for psychological purposes and, and and everything else but i wonder i'm sure you're all doing this but t- does everybody speak to their collectors before a drop and give them first right refusal and they've got advanced access to all those images before they're minted and they get they get to choose them even maybe a slight discount to the market i assume everyone's doing that um it's it's pretty it sounds pretty obvious but if you're not doing that um i think it's the, i think it's the you know it's it's going to help you sell pieces before you go to market, which creates a bit of FOMO and people want want in on the club. But it also, it's a bit of it's a bit of respect. I think that it's it's kind of the least your collectors deserve, isn't it? Like that they get that you know, there's nothing worse than I really like this artist. They do a job that I didn't really know too much about, and then it's sold out by the time I wake up because it's Australia. And you think, can you have just given me the heads up on that? Um, Anyway, that, that that just came in my head, and I think that, that that that's something you should all be doing, because it is mutually beneficial. You sell work, they're happy. Utility, call it utility. I think that's a great point, and I'm glad that you um, drove that home because we do get that question all the time, and artists are saying, "Well, I don't want them to feel like I'm pressuring them. I don't want them to feel like it's expected," and so you know, adding that utility to it, that you have the opportunity to come in in another way. And is there a way for when you're receiving a DM for that particular, you know, situation, is there something that you have found that you appreciate and things that maybe um, not so much? <laughs> well, well the, the, the easiest, the easiest way to phrase this is that you're doing them a favor. So you, so you go into the DM and go, listen, 
I, I know you collected this piece. I just want you to give. I don't. I want to give you the heads up. I, I think you deserve to know before the market knows that this this drop is coming. This is a this is a advanced preview of the shots. And if you want any of them, they're going to go to market at 0.25. But because you're wicked, you can have them for 0.2 or whatever. Whatever. Like, how can anyone be mad at that? Um, and 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 for those. For these people that are so constantly scared of how collectors feel, I just I worry for you. I really worry for you to 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 to, to be in a, a, a mind state that that's like I'm so scared of my consumers. That's no way to operate a business. Like you've got to have confidence in your product, and 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 shove it down collectors' throats, knowing that you're doing. You know, you, you stand behind the work. You're putting it into a DM. And that collector should be grateful because the quality of the work cuts through all the noise on the shit that you see in your Twitter feed. And finally, I, all I have to do is now look at my DM and I've got brilliant. That's my new Twitter feed because it's just filled with excellent art from people I trust. Like, I, you really got to shift that narrative in your head. No one's pissed off that you send a DM. And if they are, they'll get over it pretty quick. Well said, well said. And I know one thing that we talked about with Sarah with her recent drop was even using um, the ability to collect her um, collector's emails and actually start an email list. Do you think that that's something effective? 100%. So data is king. Um, and data has become even more king over the last like five, six years in business. In fact, like if you think of, you know, that bullshit Pokemon thing that Nintendo did, that wasn't a game. That was that was to collect a shit ton of data um, at which they would have made an absolute ton out of. Um, so I think that, yeah, if I'm you guys, I'm setting, this is an action to write down, is, 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 is set up a spreadsheet, I love a spreadsheet, and, um, and start capturing data. So you want the name of your collector, you want the product, a link to the product they purchased, the price that they paid for it, um, how long they kept it for, for like what's their loyalty like, um, and then you want to start building out things like, which are, which are not quite as, you know, black and white, but things like um, what other artists have they collected from? And I'll tell you why in a minute. What other artists have they collected from? And also rank your relationship with that collector out of 10. I bet, I bet you'd be really surprised at how low you have to rank yourself. How many times have you spoken to them? Um, you've thanked them for, for collecting. Uh, you've given them an update on what's happening over the next 60 days. Um, this is where I am. If you're the best way to contact me if you've got any questions. All this sort of stuff, right? Customer service. Um, and and once, you, once you start building that out, you can, you can then st start asking for extra data points. But it also gives you a, uh, a pool of warm leads. So once you've got that data, you start looking for trends. And if you, if let's say, for example, you, you know, you're basically you're audience matching. I don't know if you've heard of audience matching, but it's it's essentially like you're 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 building a target market, and this is what I'm talking about with with targeted campaigns rather than these broad brush, you know, spray and pray things. Um, so if you notice a trend in the data which shows a tendency for your collectors to purchase from the same competitor, for example, well then we know that um, all the other collectors of that artist who haven't collected from you are more likely to convert than the others. Does that make sense? So, so these people are now, you're now putting these people into your spreadsheet as leads and these people we're going to, we're going to start building a relationship with. We're not going to pitch them anything. We're just going to build connection. And I did a thread on how you do that um, on Twitter. Um, so I think that's really, 
really important. And 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 what Sarah's doing, which is you know, obviously impressive, is um, t- taking ownership of the communication. She's no longer reliant on this kind of gateway. She's got direct relationship through email. And what she can do, well, what I'd encourage her to do, is she's probably already doing it. But but every every couple of months, drop a newsletter and ask two or three questions, um, so you can build out more data points. How many pieces do you anticipate buying over the next six months? Um, is you know photography, digital art, animation, which is the most likely you're going to collect in the next three months? Things like that, but only three questions. Um, and in those emails, you should, should there should never be more than forty characters on the subject either. By the way, um, because everyone's opening email on mobile now, so optimize it for mobile. But yeah, doing stuff like that is gonna is it's, it's gonna. It, it will really, really set you up for the long term in this. in this, And that's what I mean about not thinking like a creative, but thinking like a business owner. Um, you'll, um, I think you'll benefit from it an awful lot when the, when the market recovers. I think that build, I think that builds a lot of, uh, of trust and confidence for collectors in you too. Cause they just see that you are there building relationship with them and, uh, they they know you're you're at it and working at it versus you know someone who just kind of you, you collect their work and you know they're just ghosts and you just you know don't see them for a long time and just stuff stays stagnant and they don't share any information about what they're doing like some people not only are not sharing information about like what they're working on or what they're doing with the collector but not even on their Twitter as well so yeah I think that's a great way to to build trust and it's it's I think it's a huge point too about the spreadsheet. I mean, I, I wish I created the spreadsheet in the beginning. Like, I would even have the spreadsheet of like which collectors collected editions or, uh, from me versus uh, one of ones. And you know, between editions and one of ones, there's just so much now that I I, I can't I, I I can't keep track of it. Like, I'd have to spend an entire 24 hour day um, probably looking through each and every um, person who collected from each collection and edition from me, and then write down all their names and do the spreadsheet. Now, had I done it from the beginning, oh man, it would it would just be a uh, much easier and i'm going to leave one last thing before i i I think that david wants to say something but um you know when you message someone too, like a collector or or just someone who is very busy or very important in the space and you know has a lot of followers something like make sure that that message is not like hey how are you doing you know like um, it, it's good to not waste their time because and and you know tell them what you're messaging them about um you know provide a, a bunch of detailed few bullet points and stuff like that so that they can read it and get back to you and have all the information that they need so that they don't have to hit you back again and then you hit them back again you think a lot of people like punk 6529 uh, for instance the guy's got 500,000 followers so if I, I message him about my current project it's probably going to be a message that's pretty simple to the point like Hey, this is my. This is what I've been working on. I've been working on it for this long. This is what the story is about. Uh, so far, I have this many collectors and ha- uh, have sold this ETH value worth. Um, I really respect you within the space and would like, to, uh, you know, if you're interested in the project, would like to, uh, you know, reserve you a spot for a piece of your choice. Period. That's it. You know, not hey, punk six five two nine. What's up? Wait for him to respond, etc. You know, like have your ducks in a row put out the information. If they don't get back to you, then that's it. They don't get back to you. Maybe you follow up and that's it. But, um, you know, I know David had his hand up there. So if you wanted to add to that. Uh, and just on the spreadsheet note, Mike, it's definitely worth doing, man. And like, 
I was like you. I, I didn't do it straight away and I was overwhelming, but I would just say chip away at it, like set it up and just go through, like you said, one edition and then maybe a collection or like even just piece by piece as you have time because having that information there is so helpful. Like I would, I would suggest to everyone in here to think about that. I'm not saying you have to, but it's been so good for me to have that information at, at hand. You know, I'll have the collector's name. I'll actually link their Twitter handle so I don't lose track because people change their names in their marketing and things like that. So I've always got that handle there. I've got a link to the actual piece so that I can see what date it was picked up in the metadata. Um, I'll have their wallet address. I'll have how much ETH it was sold for, all that sort of stuff so I can track my sales data for myself as well. It's just really handy stuff and Chip taught me that. Like just having data at your fingertips is so important for us so that you can measure how you're, you're tracking. Um, you can send out those blasts to your collectors and your, you know, your, your actual fan base who are buying from you. You can, you can airdrop them in addition to say thank you on the anniversary of that collection selling out, which I'm planning to do. Things like that, right? Like you can't do that if you don't have that information ready at your fingertips. So yeah, I just wanted to add that in quickly. Definitely do it, and um, it, it's painful. It it sucks, <laughs> but it's so worth doing. Yeah, it's so worth doing in the long run. I just want to add something real quick to the last thing I said too. I think the worst thing you could message someone to is, "Can I ask you a question?" Like because it, you you just wasted like more time, and like you just cut, like you just like uh, you obviously already put you already put the message out, so you already sent out the bother if it's if it's a bother to them. So you might as well have already you know uh, wrote up, written up something that you know is 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 concise and. Uh, gives them all the information that they need if they're going to respond back to you. So I, I think I, I, when somebody messages me and they say, can I ask you a question? It's just like, oh, I know this is going to be a difficult conversation because it's going to be a lot of this um, back and forth. And I don't know if I have the bandwidth to deal with all of that. So like, if you're going to message me too, um, I, I would love to hear all of what you got and the information that you know you have for me and what, you know, if that makes sense. I've got another question for the, well, a rhetorical question, I guess. Um, do you all, if if you've got like multiple bidders on a piece, obviously only one person wins it. Do you reach out to the people that didn't successfully win and say, "Look, I noticed you bid on this piece. I really appreciate your interest. I know you missed out on this piece, but I've got this other piece here that's kind of very similar, and if, and I can actually let it go for the bid that you put in." Is that something that you guys do? Um, and if not, why not? Um, I think that that's they're, they're they're really easy sales to close. I would have thought, especially if you if you do it in a timely fashion. They've literally just missed out on the bit, the thing, and the collector, you know, the artist is in touch, offering them an alternative. I think that's an amazing approach. I don't know that I don't know that I have seen that done, which obviously would be it would be more of a private conversation, most likely. So there would be could be going on without seeing that. But I think that is a fabulous idea um, because, yeah, exactly. You have a customer identified. You have someone that's interested, definitely following up and helping them. You know, they've identified the need. They want your piece. So go ahead and, and help them fulfill that. Yeah, I would absolutely do that. I mean, I just, I've never done auctions before, so I, I haven't had the opportunity to do that. But, like, that's a great idea. Like, any any instance where someone's trying to acquire something from you and they don't have the ability to, to get it, um, there's always a way 
to, to work that out in some way. I mean, there's things that I've done where uh, people want my pe- a piece of mine and um, they don't necessarily have the capital, but they have a collection and I enjoy their collection. And I'm like, oh, well, if you, if you don't have the capital, you know, I'm interested in buying a couple of pieces from you. Um, and then therefore then you'd have the capital to purchase a piece from me. And so I've done that a few times where I've, I've collected from artists that I really, really enjoy. And then they used the capital just to collect for me. And so it, it's sort of like a, a win-win in that situation. That's, that's artist to artist. I know you're talking about artist to collector, but that's just another way you could do something uh, like that there too. I mean, it puts you both closer to, uh, to sell out. It puts you both in each other's vault. Um, then you can both tweet about how you purchased from each other. And then now there's more eyes uh, on your work and it's closer to sell out. Uh, there's, there's a lot of backdoor type things that you could do and there's no, there's no rules really. And you know, that's something that I've certainly done. And good, um, definitely an interesting topic. So, Sabo, do you have something else that you would like to share on this topic? I know you raised your hand. No, I actually raised my hand because Jeremy had his hand up. So I just wanted to check with Jeremy if you had something to say. When you advertise... Oh, the- no. Hello, guys. Um, hi, uh, Emma, Sabod, Mike. Uh, great conversation. I had a question, but there was just too much emotion behind it. And so I just decided that maybe I should just like let it go and not kind of no, go with it. Go for it, Jeremy. God bless you. <laughs> I'm Beatrice, no, because and I'm I, one of the 30 AI it, voices from SpeechAlert. Like when you feel like your, your question has too much like emotion behind it, it's just better to avoid it. Jeremy, just ask the question, mate. Everyone, uh, everyone okay. Here, we'll look okay. So, all right. Well, well, because I don't know. I think it's probably my own problem. But when I was listening to you, H. Chip, you had said something that really bothered me. And it's uh, maybe it's just my own issue with it. So I'm I'm an artist, mostly. Like, I, I don't see myself as a collector. I see strictly as an artist. I, I've collected just because it's just, just a way for me to invest some of my Ethereum and invest some of my, what I have for assets. But, okay, you said that you should go to people and build relationships and like you get in their DMs and you build relationships. And I totally agree. But the problem with that for me is that I fucking hate people who are not upfront with me. Like when they try to approach me in a DM, I feel like sometimes people are trying to like slowly build up something. And I, I, I sense it from the beginning and it really pisses me off when people like slowly try to build relationship with you and they just continue to like say oh how are things with you blah 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 and this goes on for months and then all of a sudden they just drop you drop you something and inside i just want to like my brain wants to explode because i've always sensed that from the beginning like they're trying to use me and i'm not a fucking product um i I like to deal with like a, a and maybe again maybe this is my problem as an artist like maybe i don't know um like I feel slimy in order to reach out to people. But I, if, if I know that somebody of a collector, for example, when I start selling my work, if I feel a collector, like collect things that are very similar to me, I would totally go to them and say, hey, what's going on, dude? Uh, you, you collect art very similar to mine. If you want, go ahead and take a look at my work. 
but I would never ever like go to somebody and like slowly like try to build a relationship with them because something inside to me that just feels wrong. But you kind of like said it in a way like it it's like just normal standard practice, like the way to do it. But I, well, I go ahead, go ahead. You you finished, Jeremy. No, 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 no. And I, I, I understand that exactly what you're trying to say is like you're you're trying to build a relationship with people, but I, I'm worried that like people will take it in a way like they should con- just like slowly like do the same thing that I get people doing to me all the time. Oh yeah, that, let me let me let me explain it. Um, because that's not that's not that's that's bad salesmanship. If 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 you're going in under the guise of something else, then that's bad salesmanship. But there's nothing wrong with being um, take, taking a taking an approach of um, want it, want, you know, having influence conversations. You're looking, you're looking to have outcome-driven conversations with people. Now, that's not necessarily... I mean, it is selling, but it's, it's just remaining in control of the conversation and knowing what the outcome is that you want to, want to arrive at. That doesn't mean you, you message every morning saying good morning. That's not what I'm saying. You, you, the, 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 the pitchcraft thread that I posted is really to help you um, navigate that sales process in, in DMs, but also also with any communication. And it's really outlining, it's, it's, it's really showing someone who you are. It's like an introduction to begin with. So it's, I'm, I'm Jeremy, um, you know, I, and, and there's always a reason for it. So um, look, I noticed you've just picked up this great piece, really love it. Um, this, is, this is who I am, this very similar, similar stuff. Um, anyway, nice to meet you, or whatever, and and try and end with an action, like try and end everything with an action, so that the communication is never is never gone. So you want so so so, so the way you remain in control of the conversation is by always asking a question at the end of it, um, or you know, so um, so you might ask them how long have they been in the space for, or um, you know, what, what anything really, just to keep the dialogue open. But that is that is very different to what you're describing, which is. Um, Basically, you know, some bird. Oh, this is gonna. Oh, don't worry. This it's like <laughs> it's kind of like that girl that gets free drinks off you all night, and then you know what I mean. <laughs> I just say that's it. an awful analogy. I don't know where that came from, but you, you know, I, I think like as long as long as as long as you're you're, you're very like um, you're authentic in the purpose. I'm an artist. You're a collector. Of course, I'm trying to get my work into your collection. But these are the reasons why you should take me seriously and listen to me. I'm not going to waste your time, um, and maybe we'll be friends at the end of it as well. You know, like it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think there is just a way of doing it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that way of uh, that answer because I do think that people might misconstrue that as like a way to like make the collector as like they are like. I don't know. Like they're just um, another number. And I don't, I don't think. I don't think. An art, I don't think any collector should be surprised when an artist tries to sell them art, <laughs> well, especially if it's in their bio as NFT collector. I mean, what you're asking for, aren't you? You, 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 right, you collect right. NFTs, right? You, that is what you do, isn't it? Okay. Well, I've got some. Yeah, that's the best approach. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like, uh, just be upfront. People should like have a way of building a connection, but just be honest with like um, what you're trying to do, rather than to just try to like slowly slither your way into their emotions. Exactly. And the, the, this other thing about you know shilling pitchcraft that does my head in, and I'm really, really like on a mission to try and help with this. Is there's two things. One is the word count. 
I can't tell you how annoying it is. And and also disrespectful to everyone else in the room that's waiting there for hours to get up and speak when someone's going on for fucking 25 minutes about something irrelevant. Really, really annoys me. Um, and uh, the other is, um, is, is, is to not focus on... Like, focus on, focus on why you do what you do. I want to hear... Like, I want to hear how Sub felt when he first picked up a camera, when he first, when he, when he first captured a cat. Right? What, what, why is it? Why wildlife? Why the fuck is it wildlife? Like, why? I want to understand all of that, and I want to understand the, the technical intricacies that went into creating that final piece. Um, I don't want to hear, I've got, a, I've, got, I've got a drop, it's on Maker's Place, it's 0.15, I've got five left. Oh, fuck, you know? Like, tell me, give me some passion. Let, help me connect with the work, and and, if, and 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 I think that's helpful for two reasons. One, one, it adds value to the work and builds connection. But also, it takes away this internal dialogue in your head is that I'm trying to sell something. You're not. You're telling a story about why you do what you do, which is infinitely more powerful. Absolutely. And I think too, with that, you are providing another level of value. Like your, your relationship is, is not just the exchange of this, you know, here's this and here's this, but you actually are deepening and giving something that's a common interest, that there's actually something more there of substance than Jeremy, what you're, I think saying of like the back and forth of like trying to like become like buddies or whatever, when you feel like that really isn't necessarily the, the end goal for both parties and like kind of feel let alone let along um, in the process. But yeah, absolutely being able to actually find what you have in common, a reason why you would even want to have a conversation and be authentic. I think I think I see in this space a lot of times that people, we kind of have this culture that evolves and people think that this is just how we do it and they don't really even, it may not be their method or even something they feel comfortable with. And that's kind of where anxiety starts building as well of like, well, this is how I have to do this, but I really don't like doing it this way. This doesn't feel like me. So I love having this conversation to say, there's another way. Like <laughs> there's a reason maybe why it feels uncomfortable or it doesn't feel like something that you want to approach and it's, that's okay. And so these are some ways in which actually looking at that differently you can build upon yeah and, and rest assured jeremy there's not a collector in this space that wants to be a friend so just don't don't stress about it mate everyone hates you <laughs> no obviously they loved you i love you too h I think even those opportunities to learn more about, you know, you as an artist. So if you're going to be participating in a space or if you're going to, you know, you have something that you just a documentary or a trip or something that is relevant that you can share with that person that can help, you know, continue, give you something more, more relatable to talk about more than just, you know, the stuff that might seem like it's fake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe in my work and I, and I love what I'm doing and what I've been doing. So, like, I have no problem DMing, like, any collector in the space about it. In my opinion, I'm giving them the opportunity to see what's out there and what I have. So, like, that's just the way that I'm looking at it. And, like, with that, like, I go into my notes in my phone and I write something up. I look at it. I reread it. Um, I keep it to a short word count, kind of like H-Chip said. I get to the point and just, this is my work. This is why I do it. I mean, I mean, this is my work. This is what it's about. Um, and I think that I'm giving them the opportunity to see something awesome. I mean, if you, if you, I think any artist, if you feel that way about your work, 
then you know it, it should be a lot easier to to get out like that. Um, if you're a little unsure um, and stuff like that, and you you don't you don't really truly know what what your artist statement is or why you're doing what you do or you know it's just you know then it's going to be a lot harder but um yeah and it's just i think it comes down to um making art that you really love to make not making your art for an audience but making it for yourself and being confident enough to just put it out there and say you know this is my artwork and um this is what the story is about and you know uh you know i respect you as a collector in this space and would love to give you the opportunity to um, you know, to, 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 you know, to pick a piece out of, out of a collection that I have coming up or something to that extent. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's something too, that, um, you know, you can kind of keep track as the spreadsheet is building and your communication is building. Also knowing kind of what you've already, you know, where you're at in that conversation and what the process is for different people that you're interacting with. Um, and I think it's great that, you know, you are reaching out to them. Um, I did have a question with communication with collectors. And also as we're building out the spreadsheet, it seems like you could also find out from your collectors how they like to be communicated with. Um, you know, what the process, if they prefer DMs, if they prefer email, like how to go about that and how often and that sort of thing. Is that something that you would encourage people to find out as well? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Anything, anything that's going to make the experience better for the consumer, you want to be doing. So if the, and, and, and if it's an excuse to get their email address, even better. You know, they say, oh, email's way better to get me on because uh, it doesn't get tired like DMs. And boom, you've now got access to their inbox and you've got their email. So 100%, it's a brilliant question to be asking. And it shows you give a shit as well. Um, so there's no downside to that question at all. It's an excellent, it's an excellent question. Um, I would say, like, that there's, there's a component here that we haven't touched on, which is the desire part. So traditionally in the sales structure, you'd, you'd get to desire after acceptance. And desire is really where you're, uh, you're trying to create a sense of uh, urgency around doing this. And that's not going to apply so much in your your world because the stock can sit there. But you can build you can build desire and urgency by talking a little bit about some accolades and you know, um, like comparatively excellent sales data. I really like doing that. So I think, you know, if you're there's there's gonna be a data point for you, but if you look at your floor price this time a year ago or this time six months ago and where it is now or how many how many collectors you had six months ago to how many collectors you've got now, make like make that clear. I, I want you to I want collectors to walk away or like, finish a conversation with you feeling like blimey, where are they gonna be in another six months? But that's really what you want them thinking. Because it's an investment. So, so if you if you if you if you have that at the top of mind that the the where you're gonna where you're gonna win influence is if you can have them thinking when you're not there, uh, I wonder what that floor price is doing now. Like it's gonna you know it's gonna be going up. So 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 leave them with something like that. Um, Desire is a big part of this game for you. It's not you, you can't you can't cold call people really. You can't be doing that. It's this is not services business. This is a, this is this is um, you'd be adopting the same same strategy really as someone like Rolex. Like the, you're selling luxury goods really, which is emotional. So 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 the motivator behind purchasing your product is really it's emotional, and so you have to use language like emo, you know emotional 
words when you're describing things. And that's why storytelling is important in this space versus selling anything else. Um, so, you know, I, like any story that they can connect to and using emotive words. So, so you know what an emotional word is, but tapping into that in, as part of your, I don't even want to call it a pitch, but storytelling um, will help you stand out, I think. I think that's an awesome point and absolutely that it's an emotional and once you can create an emotion, then you can create an action. You know, once you can identify an emotion, you can create, you can also um, then help have there be an action, I believe. Um, but also why I think video is so impactful. And it's just, if you're paying attention to how people are marketing and where we're at and just, you know, everyday life, that is why, why I think video is used so much is because people are connecting and it's the most emotive way that we have of, of actually communicating um, an experience. And so, um, but yes, absolutely the emotional and creating that desire is something that will help you connect with those people and also identify who connects with you yeah and, and so if you're going to be doing video just make sure you're putting a call to action at the end of it you're, remember like every communication you ever make you want to be asking for something in return like even something really small so you can you can say like dm for more details or whatever uh, please retweet if you've enjoyed this video please retweet whatever it is you're asking them to take some form of action um because otherwise you know it's just it's just an opportunity missed if you're not doing that Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, and I guess too, going back to, you know, those opportunities of communicating with your collector, you could even be mixing in some of those details on how they like to be even involved in the process as far as do you prefer airdrops? Do you prefer this? If I was going to do something promotional or something as an appreciation, what is it that you appreciate? Yeah, so it, it, absolutely. That goes into your spreadsheet. So what you're doing, um, what you're doing by collecting that data is you're is you're identifying another type of um, another type of buyer. Um, so these are people these are people that are driven by special offers. You know you know those guys that wait for wait for December to do uh, or January to get the sales and stuff. Um, so it's, it's just another type of buyer. But if you can isolate them, um, that really it will really help you to uh, build certain campaigns. You know like you you, you want to get to the point where you've got so many people in your database. Where you're actually you're you're actually running three or four different campaigns at the same time, but you're doing them to different people with different messaging at different price points based on the criteria of the customer, because at the moment every customer is valued the same by you. But that's not that's not true. Um, you know, having having your work in, let's say, a really famous collector's wallet versus your mate, you. You should be selling that for you know if it costs you if it, if you can sell it for half the price but getting in that wallet then that's a consideration you should be making. Um, but ultimately you you you'll 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 end up with tiers of customer so you'll value them um, between one and five or something, and that will determine how much time you put into that particular customer base. So you're going to DM you know the the most important ones you're going to DM once a month or once a fortnight. They're going to get on your newsletter whatever, and the ones that you know, a one of buyers, you touch base with them once a quarter or, or and then you build that into your operating rhythm. Um and you change your ad campaign depending on which bucket that customer fits into. But that's down the track. That's longer term, but you you'll get there. 
Absolutely. Um, and I'm curious, how do you prioritize in like the experience side of it personally, um, like the opportunity for a DM group opposed to individually DMing or sending out a newsletter? I think, I mean, it comes, it's, it's going to come down to the value of that customer to some degree, but it, 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 this is a market where everything's a bit emotional. So, you know, that may not be the right approach, to be honest. Um, it, I think I think at this point where it's so early, you can probably deal with it on a case by case, like just through intuition of of what is you know what am I feeling from this person. But as the as the space grows and you've you know once you have got like a thousand different wallets in your collection, you're just not going to be able to manage the way you are today. So so getting these foundations in now is is really going to be a game changer for those that actually apply this because once you've got a thousand in there, well then you've got four buckets of two fifty each. Well, they wouldn't necessarily have 250 each, but that'd be... So the way you'd segment that is you'd say, uh, you've got 1,000 people, and let's say it's 1,000, they've spent 1,000 ETH. You'd split it by 250 ETH, 250 ETH, not by one of your clients. Um, and you'd find that you'd have more in the bottom bucket, right? So like 80% of your business is coming from 20% of collectors or something. Um, and, so, and, and and I'm I'm waffling, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that makes sense for sure. And and also, yes, developing a system. And I think obvious, starting with the spreadsheet is such a great way of starting with that system of tracking people and figuring, you know, being able to keep that data. I think that's like one of the biggest things in the space that's missing is data. And because then we're reacting off of emotion. We're creating things based off of emotion, but no actual fact that's going to actually lead us down a path that makes sense. So the more data we can collect and the more data we can put in place, like that just eases, it just helps us make decisions, eases anxiety. So totally, I think that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's such a brilliant point you just made. That's such a brilliant point is that um, if like, data, data is the only thing that should inform your business decisions. The only thing. When people talk to me about, oh, God, this is a wicked one, right? Do you know, you, you've all done this. I bet all of you have done this. You go... Um, yeah, no, this, my, my floor is 0.2, but this one I'm going to price at 1.2. You go, oh, why? Oh, it just means so much to me. <laughs> what? It means a lot to you? <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that is an insane criteria to use for pricing. Um, <laughs> you use data. And, 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 yeah, so you nailed that point. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it takes emotion out of it. And if you can take emotion out of your decisions, then you're going to come to the right decision. If you're using emotion to make decisions, they're going to be bad decisions. We've all made decisions emotionally, and they never, they never pan out too well. And it's hard to know what the next step is if we don't have a foundation for why we made the first decision. It's hard to know why you're making this, the next decision and, and how to carry forward in a productive manner for sure. Yeah, I like I like every piece of my collection to be the same price because, I mean, if I'm valuing something lower, uh, then then um, maybe maybe it doesn't deserve to be in the collection, and maybe I should shoot more until I have something that's equal. That's just the way that I feel about it. I think I think you I think you value your work based on basic business principles. So this is the equipment that was used for it. There's a cost to that. This is how much time it took. Um, this is this this was the complexity of the task, so the difficulty of the task it took. All of this is all of this is is completely verifiable. So if someone challenges you on price, you can say to them that was a, that was a twelve k hike, 
right, with, with four grams worth of camera equipment. And I had to sit out in the freezing cold for 16 hours before I could get the shot I wanted. It's like, oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, ask for anything. Versus, I just really connect to that one. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> Am I not with you yet? No, these are valid points. You know, like, write this, write that stuff in the description. You know. Absolutely, do need to have that in the description, and yeah, the metadata, all those details. But yes, I think that that's if also you know how to have a, a it gives you it lets you have that information available to have an educated discussion with with someone that might be asking about your pricing as well, and also. As we, as you continue down your path, you know, knowing how you want to increase your value over time, but also that kind of justification there of why your price is what it is now and why you expect it to be something different in the future as well. Um, but, you know, there could be times where people say, well, why is it priced at this? And you can actually talk to them about, well, these are the details that went into that decision making process. Yeah, exactly. And, and when those questions are being asked, they're business questions. So you want to you want to present as a business person. You want you, you you take emotion out and you're speaking rationally and you're talking about um, you know that data. Like it's a business conversation. It's a it's, it's a it's a business chat. So you got to know when to put your business hat on and when you you put on your creative hat. When when someone's talking to you about your meaning and your why, that's when you go full, you know, fluffy waffle, arty emotion, like all of that stuff. All your purpose, why, passionate, change the intonation, change the pace of your dialogue. All of these things that make it feel really, really exciting for the collectors that are connecting with it. You know, do all this stuff. Um, but when they're when they're saying like, you know, the price or the strategy moving forward, um, you got to be, you know, um, talk talking a little bit more to the point and cut out those wasted wasted words. Um, you should think about doing. Um, you, you don't notice this. All all of the guys I'm working with do. Um, um, every at the end of each cycle, which is three months, they'll post a like a business review. So they'll, they'll write, you know, all the key data points, save, saves the collector loads of time about what's happened over the last 90 days and what the, what, what, what the market can expect from them in the next 90 days. And then you leave that as a pin tweet for a few weeks. Um, I, think what, I think what that does is it shows collectors that you are in this for the long haul. You know your business. You're savvy. You're smart. You're, you're, you're way more than, you know, a, 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 an artist that's trying to sell some quick pieces on, on the blockchain. You're you're trying to build a business around this and that's really comforting for a collector i think the biggest fear for a collector is that they buy something and the artist is gone two weeks later um so overcoming that fear is an, is, is, is is probably quite an important step it builds that level of trust there for sure um and just curious i guess this may be a, w a weird question, but why does it? Why would it worry them? Because it's dead money. I mean, I, like I've, I've bought loads of work from people that have just left the space, and and th there's two channels I go down. There's some, you know, I buy work because I love it, and so I don't care 
it doesn't matter. But there are other pieces, the more expensive stuff I've bought, where I expect a return on it. Like I want it, I want it to go up. You know, I I, I don't have the funds to buy a thirty grand piece of art and it and it and that artist leave the space never to return. You know, um, so it's for that reason. But for the but for but for, but for you know for for smaller buys. Um, and for pieces I love, that isn't a concern. It's, it's I like the piece, I want it, so I'll buy it. Um, so there's two trains of thought, I guess. That makes and, sense. And, 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 then, and then there's the loyalty one. So that's when you, that's when you have to buy Sub's work because you've known him for ages and he keeps talking to you about these bloody cats. <laughs> so, I'm kidding, Sub. I love your work. Can you tell that I'm starting to run out of steam? This is what happens at, at class at school where I start being an idiot because I'm starting to get bored, to be honest. No, you so asked this is to start acting up. Yeah, you asked you asked us to make a list of collectors and rank them out of ten. So I'm sat <laughs> there. I have I have six names, and I'm wondering what is the rank. No, don't don't rank the collector. Rank your relationship with the collector, and then devise a strategy of how you can improve that score. But first things first, you need to listen, Sub. I guess that's what happens when it's 2.30 in the morning, his time, huh? <laughs> uh, no, Chip has been on many spaces. Chip has been on many spaces at 4 a.m., so it's I can't complain right now. So well, I've had it's to all good. because I've had to because I've wanted to develop a relationship with MetaJungle. So I've had to make these sacrifices and be up at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. so I could get to know Emma. And and this place wouldn't have happened if we hadn't made those sorts of efforts. You see, it goes both ways. Yeah. So his score with Meta Jungle is higher now because he stayed up late. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and I'm grateful for the connection. It's uh, yeah, it, genuinely, it's it's, re it's really good to be connected. Uh, I think I think we've got shared um, shared ideas on the space, which is which is good. I completely agree. It is exciting to connect with people that, you know, have similar viewpoints and also that you can learn from. You know, we can have these conversations to be able to expand on ideas and share ideas um, and things that, you know, paths that seem clear, but yet we can actually develop and make a better plan as we're discussing and working together. Um, and I do have a quick question in regard to, you know, we're building our collector base. We have work that we're selling, but also that we do have, you know, in this in this environment we have such an advantage with secondary and royalties how do you think a collector and, and and the creator can work together when there is the opportunity for secondary sales um uh, can you ask me that question again Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we have, you know, a collector has purchased the piece off of primary, but we know that the collector then is ready to sell, um, to sell that piece. And so I know we've, we've had this conversation of like, well, what happens next? Is it the collector's responsibility to tweet and let people know it's available? Is it the artist's responsibility to help out with that process? Like, you know, it's a little bit different because it's not like a drop that we're advertising that's happening, but if it's just sitting there, at a marketplace with a price, how do people even know it's available? So is there something we can do to help cultivate that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think we're years away from there being a real massive secondary um, just because the stock, there's so much stock on the market that it's probably not, you know, a thing right now. But yeah, absolutely. I, th I think any excuse that you've got as, a, as an artist to promote the fact that there's, there's, activity around your work and secondary sales is activity 
um, that not many people have either, by the way. So I'd be shouting that from the rooftops. And it's and it, and it helps the collector out. If the collector's trying to sell it, I, I think that was the example you gave, the collector's trying to sell it, then you're not going to piss the collector off. Um, so I would absolutely be tweeting that stuff. I mean, what, you know, what a great thing to be able to go to market with. I mean, as a collector, I'd buy, buy from some artists sometimes. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'll raise the floor price on it and then I'll make a tweet saying, um, I bought this piece off of uh, a prime primary market. It's a beautiful piece. Like, um, you know, let's, let's, let's have the secondary move now. They they've uh, on their piece, it's sold out. And I've never gotten any artist pissed off with me about that. They usually like super excited that, um, I listed it for higher than they listed it at. And now I, you know, and I, I have, a, I have a good engagement and, uh, for the most part, probably a higher engagement than they do. So I, I put out the tweet and so it gets more eyes on their collection and Hey, maybe in return I sell it and I, I make a profit on it and then I could buy another piece from them or something. And then I have a little extra ETH. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that I can't, I can't think of a loser in, in that scenario. Um, which is always, you know, the best, the best thing if you can if you can find a solution where everyone's winning um then it's great and and you guys get a cut right i mean you don't get much from a secondary sale do you but you get something you get 10 percent. i mean yeah yeah i mean even if it's you know yeah like you said there's no situation or i really feel like you're gonna lose in that situation anyway but just to be firm like if i bought a piece it's mine I could sell it forever I want now. So, I mean, I, I, but I, but with intention, I, I put the piece on the market, and I, I try to um, get eyes on that 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 artist's collection as well. Like, but, but, to, can, I, can I? Sorry, can I ask you a question? Or like, yeah. So, so if I, if I, 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 I said I hated that, Chip. I said I hated that when people said, "Can I ask you a question?" You were just wasting oh, yeah. time. You wasting my time. I apologize. Right. Go ahead. And let me put my hand up. That's better. Um, if I buy from you and then I list it, say, six weeks later, that undercuts your floor, how irritating is that? But like that that's presumably, that's um, that's not welcome, is it? I'll, I mean, I'll buy it back. I'll buy it back. I'll buy it back myself. And then I'll just, I'll just sell it to somebody uh, who wants to pay the original price for it. And, and, that, and that's just it my response. It does, does it happen. happen often? It does. Yeah, okay. it, it does happen, but I'll advertise it too. I'll, I'll be like, um, "Hey, this, you know, the, the, there's uh, there's there's someone selling, um, you know, a, a piece in my collection that I, you know, I, I, as a, you know, this piece in my collection for this price, right? And this is the lowest floor, floor price. Everything else sits at, at at this price for this long. And then I'll write a little story about that piece and why that piece is important. And I don't think it should sit at that floor price." And then if somebody doesn't pick it up, I have I have bought back my own pieces, so and, 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 yeah, I, gotcha. and I, don't, I don't feel bad about it. Um, I'm not gonna ask if I can ask you a question, Emma. What is the length that this space is booked in for? That's a very good question. I know we're about an hour and a half, and I figured we would definitely not go past two. I know you like things cool. to be short and to the point, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think it's my 20s. I fry my brain, and so I can't, I focus becomes an issue after about 40 minutes. I'm, I'm just going to mute so I can go to the toilet. Is that right? So I'll be, is that all right? I, I can absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. And we will use this as a little segue. Go ahead, Sabo. Go ahead. 
now just about to mention that you know that cutting the floor price uh, bringing the floor price down according to my little observation it mainly happens if suppose there are let's say 50 editions and you do 10 airdrops and 40 of them are purchased those people who got airdrop they are going they are the ones who will pull it down because they didn't pay anything for it so rather they would not bother you know because there's nothing to lose so that's my observation yeah airdrops usually tend to bring the floor price completely below than what it was actually uh, standing it but sorry am i can go ahead oh no i think that that's a great definitely a great point and you know to relate to that also in you know just in business practices we've done we've done promotions where we have provided a product for very little money compared to the ticket price or even for free and it's you think that that's going to have a great result but it's actually surprising at times what the result is it's not the value that you're anticipating um we've done special events where you invite people have it for free the whole thing and then they're complaining <laughs> because they didn't get this that or the other so you know keeping that in mind that sometimes those intentions are great right out of the gate but the results you get may not be what you expected um so you know for whatever that's worth just share that you know that everyday experience um there and that can also be in relation to airdrops too you know being intentional in what in what you're doing um can have can help you have the results that you would like um yeah, and for example with pfps you know that's where i saw this happening mostly whenever there's a free mint that project is gonna go to drain very very soon you know make your profit get out of there because people have got it for free they're going to pull it down right away if they have paid for it from the initial part then they'll hold on you know because they want to get that profit you you're winning my sunnies again aren't you <laughs> i've got about 40 of them in my wallet <laughs> i mean an easy an easy way to avoid people dumping your floor price is um all the work that goes into it before you do your drop So that entails um getting your work in the hands of the people that you wanted in the hands of. Like like when I do my drop now, I'm not so concerned with like, oh, I got to drop this out to the public. Like I want it to sell out in an hour. Like I care about how long it how long it takes to sell it. It's got to sell quick because like a lot of times it's just those people just go resell it for like you know like especially if it's editions like and my editions are you know co out editions they're they come out at a low cost so um you know there's some people that just want to flip that for um just you know double their money and that's fine they they can do that totally but um there's people that like i think know the worth uh of of my of my art and like the, the, my longevity in the space and that it's like the bear market and there's there's way more opportunity than that quick flip so i'm actually way more interested in getting my work in as many wallets of people that i totally respect uh in the web3 space uh rather than just getting my work in a ton of wallets i think that's a great way to build for sure keep building that foundation and you'll be able to build from that for sure Um and I wanted to definitely reach out to Alex. I know um hi Alex, welcome to the conversation and I figured you had a comment that was um for Chip so that's a little interlude there but you are welcome to take the mic. 
Thank you. I won't take up too much time. This has been a, a really interesting conversation. I'm just listening and uh, and watching football, but I'm just going to chime in on like the the discussion of like pushing secondaries and like who that responsibility falls on, and just wanted to like share because like it's not like I have a crazy big secondary market or anything, but I've made a few secondary sales recently, and I think a lot of it does kind of fall on the artist, just because if you have somebody who really connects with your art and wants to buy it and like maybe you have a lot of people who aren't trying to flip it i feel like you kind of have to middleman that a little bit and that's what i did this week is like somebody really wanted my edition there were none for sale they put an offer in and nobody was accepting it so they were like do you think that you know there's a chance i can get one of these so i started reaching out to collectors and most people were like i don't want to sell mine and i'm like that's fine and i found someone who was like yeah i'll you know double I'll, I'll take double what i paid for it and they sold it and like it probably wouldn't have happened if i wasn't like reaching out and like actively looking for somebody willing to sell to help the buyer out and then like you know everybody was happy i got a new collector who loves my art somebody else got to make money off of my art and it was just like kind of a win-win situation but i don't think me just like tweeting into the void would have helped that so i think that it does kind of fall on the artist a little bit to at least like middleman that situation unless obviously you are just, you know, having secondary sales flying and people are buying your art to uh, to flip, but I'm not in that situation personally. So I just wanted to kind of offer that up because it was a newer experience for me this week. Definitely a learning experience for me and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, you're just connecting. You're just being a connector of connectors, you know, like um, not, not everybody's in the same situation that bought a piece of work from me, right? And so... Um, you know, if, there, there's some people that are, are are on vacation right now, and they could use the ETH, right? And so um, they might be the ones to respond and say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to sell mine." So yeah, as, as much as if you can reach out to the people and, and try to get the try to get a buyer for that person, there's a good chance that you're going to find it. And congratulations, Alex. That's awesome um, to have people putting in offers and wanting to um, collect. That's always a great thing um, to have that demand and that desire there. So happy to hear that for sure. And I think it also is a great way of having that authentic interaction with your with your collectors, you know, to reach out and be able to have that conversation of like, hey, I have someone. And also as, you know, for collectors, they're, you know, just like Chip said, there's there's going to be a level of like, wanting liquidity in the work and at some point in time and obviously that's not like the motivating factor for purchasing the art but I think it it does instill a level of trust for your collector of like wow there's there is a lot of demand out there because someone is wanting to buy this work that I'm just holding in my wallet and so it's like okay things are moving in a good direction that's a good definitely a good thing because also curious about I mean obviously all of us are pretty aware that you know the secondary isn't something that we spend a lot of time and a lot of focus on however that potential is definitely there for the future um so just those those great ways of being able to reach out and it's a great way of being able to even revisit some of your collections that's some of the, that's something i miss in the space so much is like we have a collection the hype is there it sells out on primary and then it just we move on to the next thing and i know we're at that point kind of in the market right now anyway but it gives you that chance to revive and be like hey remember this hey i did this and there's new people coming in to the market that may not even be aware that that happened before they came in. So a great way to revisit and also let people know, you know, about other elements of your work, but thank you for sharing.
And I know we have been going for, again, about about an hour and 40 minutes now. Um, so I was going to invite anyone that had a question related to the topics that we've been talking about today. You're more than welcome to. It's been an excellent conversation um, and really glad, HTIP, we were able to put this together and make it happen um, and make the time zones. We're going to have to figure out this whole time zone. I'm just going to have to suck it up and get up at 6 a.m., I guess. Where, where, where are you? You're in America, presumably. Yes, I'm in the middle, right in the middle. You're in the middle of America, middle America. Right. And so what's the time there now? Right now it's 20 till 6. 20 till 6. Okay. Wait, are you in Texas, Emma? <laughs> they speak funny, don't they? <laughs> yeah, we do speak funny. We're just, I'm north of Texas. I'm literally like, you throw a dot, throw an arrow at the state. I am right there in the center. So north of Texas, same time zone. <laughs> yeah, we can, 26 in the evening. So we could do it. There's loads of time. What are you talking about? Like 26 in the evening where you are. So we could do it four hours ago or we could do it in four hours time. So there's an eight hour window. <laughs> It works great for me. Our friends on the other side, Sub and our, our friends in India, oh, those end oh. up being, yeah, yeah, I know, but we, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, today, today, if you look at the space, there are hardly any Indians. There's hardly any Turkish photographers because time zone. Dude, if it wasn't for like Turkish, Turkey and uh, uh, Indian, I wouldn't be shit. Yeah, I I, yeah. I really do like the. If I was to segment my market of preferred people, I think it would be Indians and photography. Indian photographers, they are really really lovely. I like them a lot. And Sub is like the king of them. He's like their leader. They're just super Go ahead. One point three billion. One point three billion people. So you're talking of a small percentage. You're not seen all. Let them all come but, into NFT. No, I, I but I can I consider you guys English really. What is that, Chip? Nothing. I, I, <laughs> I, I find I find them to be very supportive, and retweet a lot of my works and say good things. Um, I find in the United States, less people, um, yeah, less people interact, engage, retweet of my stuff. Especially New York City photographers. I'm sorry, I'm going to call you guys out though, but yeah, not, not as not even close to what like I'm getting from people in other countries and and stuff too. And I don't know what that is, and that's fine because I I, I definitely show love to uh, all of those. But uh, yeah, that's what I've noticed. So I mean, I I schedule some of my posts around those time zones. I'm not going to lie, I do. I just um, I'd rather get five to six times the uh, engagement and talk to people and. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just the way it is. I find your audience, right? Yeah, I, look, I've I, I've um, I've got maximum ten minutes before I'm gonna just have nothing, you know. Yeah, I, can we? That sounds great. That sounds like a good time to be wrapping things up. <laughs> and I think that's also a great thing to know is when it's time to say goodnight, huh? No, I'm teasing. Um, but yeah, but, 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 but listen, I, I genuinely really, really, really am grateful that you've, um, that you've, you know, given me this platform to, to talk to your guys and, and some of the, some of some of the people follow me in here as well. But um, I'm so down for this to, to, to and, and if we can somehow, collate from this feed uh, or this group of people what are the areas that is, is is 
you know, unclear to them where do, where do they see value, where do they need support and stuff, then I, I'm happy to um, go away and do some do some work and some content that might might support them and do that with you, um, Emma, if you wanted to. But I, like, I just I just want you to I just want you to say that I am, uh, you know, I'm 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 totally totally up to support whatever that may may look like. Thank you. And that sounds fantastic. I, this subject, I absolutely love this subject. I could talk about this, this area for hours because I just, it, it really is. And I th- know that it's something that helps so many of our, our community as well. I know <laughs> we can do that. And then we can do hours within, you know, spreading that out. It doesn't have to all be in one straight run. <laughs> Oh, but um, definitely, I think it's something that it helps empower people with Meta Jungle. That's really our whole goal. Like if it's in one sentence is to provide tools and resources that can help empower people to make informed decisions. Like that's our tagline. And, you know, this is an awesome opportunity to be able to answer some of those questions because I know as we're coming in, everyone has different talents and not saying everybody has to be a master at all of these things, but it also gives people that are interested that opportunity to to have that control and take, you know, have control of their destiny, their future, how they're going to be moving in the space. And even if they're not doing it themselves, even having information of questions they should be asking or things that they should be finding from people that are able to help them create these opportunities. Um, So the more information, I think it just helps us move through this process, knowing what, you know, if we're going to be engaging with a curator or a coach or anyone that can help us with our progress, things that we should be asking from them and things that we should be, you know, helping to understand how that process works because it's a new world to all of us and it is the wild west. So we're just figuring out how to make our way through it and figuring out what's best for us. So um, H Chip, it's great to make this connection and to get to spend more time. Um, I know it always goes by quickly. So thank you for getting up early with us, even though you had a, a crap night and <laughs> hope the dog is doing better now. <laughs> and hope the, the, you don't want to know that the, the, the dog is, um, uh, making a uh, very passionate love to his bed at the moment. <laughs> so he's a rascal. He is a rascal. But yeah, no, lo- loved it. Really loved it. And you know, great questions, great contributions for everyone. Um, uh, and yeah, look, I'm I'm available. So let me know if there's anything I can do. Um, just just reach out. Tell me what it is, and um, we'll 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 make it happen. That sounds fantastic. It sounds fantastic. I hope you're able to fit a nap in the day um, and appreciate our speakers here on the that contributed to the conversation. It has been a wonderful conversation as always. And yeah, if anyone has any questions um, that didn't get to be asked today, feel free to DM me and we can chat and um, work on putting those things together. This space is of course recorded um, and we'll have available for folks if they happen to miss it, especially our friends. I know Chip, I'm sorry, but we did good. We did good. This was a great one. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know you recorded them. You record all your spaces, do you? We typically do. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll be more watch mindful out. next time. Huh? Watch Pardon? out. It's recorded. Yeah, I know. Recording spaces to me terrifies me. It really freaks me out because um, you just don't know what's going to happen, do you? You don't know what you're going to say. Something, something might get said. And then the next minute you cancelled. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you know it's your I mean? maybe it's your impulsivity that should freak yeah. you out, not the yes. recording. <laughs> no, if, 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 if something if something in my head is funny, it gets I say it without any thought of the ramifications it might have on me. Um, 
but now I'm, now I know it's recorded. I'll be I'll think I'll think before I speak. Ah, I think we I think it's I think it's cool, man. I think we need more people to be like a little less apologetic and a little more uh, honest. I think in that hyper bull market, a lot of people were acting like they were doing things for the reasons that you know that that weren't exactly it. And you know, son is you know, a little bit of honesty is uh, is is good. <laughs> Awkward honesty. That's going in my bio. Right. Riskiest friend, Michael. <laughs> Michael <laughs> refers to me as his riskiest friend. I love it. Um, right. Love you all, man. Um, love you too, H Chip. Absolutely. Sounds Take great. Sounds great. Thank you guys again for joining us. We'll be sure to put the disclosure next time that we are recording <laughs> just to keep H Chip on his on the straight and narrow. But thank you guys for joining today. It was an excellent conversation. Um, and thank you, Sabod. I hope you get some sleep. Thanks, Emma. It's been amazing. I don't feel sleepy at all because I'm in my prime time, you know, three three AM is my like go to. I understand. I understand. That's the world we live. I've noticed even with Mike, he's changed his uh, daytime to he's saying his GMs at our our GE. So he's on he's on Indian time zone, even though he's in New York. <laughs> yeah, expect a GM at like midnight uh, EST tonight, possibly. We'll see. That's how it works out for most of us, huh? But, well, I mean, and- it is the morning at twelve, so right. I think no. So, I mean, so. <laughs> GM. GM doesn't mean good morning. It means good mood. You know, we're in a good oh, mood. Oh, shit. That it, we're evolving. <laughs> but I will invite everyone to join us again. Um, we have another space starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. We'll have our chat and share space tomorrow. And excited that Boss Mom is going to be back with us. She's been out for six weeks on maternity leave, but she is going to be back with us tomorrow. So it should be a really fun space. Definitely looking forward to it. Um, I want to say hello to our friends and the speaker that have been with us the whole time. Hopefully you guys can join us tomorrow. Um, We'll also have our artist feedback AMA. So if you're interested in having your work um, reviewed this week, please do so. Mike is organizing that for us and we'll have a wonderful co-host We'll be announcing shortly, but you can always submit your work for the AMA. Um, That link, I know we've tweeted it recently, so is in our media section there. Or you can always go to the Meta Jungle Discord and go to the AMA submissions channel, and the link is there. Um, But looking forward to, we should have that on Thursday, Thursday or Friday, but we'll announce that as we have it um, uh, scheduled. And then on Friday, Sarah Lindsay and I will have a space again here at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And then we will also be back next Sunday and um, we have a wonderful artist lined up who recently released um, a North Korean series through Rhapsody Collective and um, we're really excited to visit with him about that collection so um, do stay tuned we'll have more details um, listed um, soon but I'll turn over to say Sabod Mike you guys have anything to say as we're closing uh, no, this has been a great space. Um, yeah, Chip brought up a lot of good, uh, really good points. And um, I think the biggest takeaways uh, for me personally that I wrote down is the, the spreadsheet thing. And um, yeah, kind of understanding the relationship that you you have with uh, with the collectors and which ones haven't you reached out to in a while and, and why and why haven't you why haven't you kept that relationship and maybe it's an organizational thing and for me um, that spreadsheet thing I think really really will help 
And um, yeah, just having intention and uh, believing in your work, um, keeping it, keeping it kind of, um, kind of short and concise when you when you message uh, people, um, so that they have the information, all the information needed to respond back, and it doesn't have to become a long drawn out conversation. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of good points made today. So, uh, yeah, perfect space. Same with me. I repeat everything Mike said, especially the uh, keeping the track of. Uh collectors in a sheet you know that's something i have not done either and as time passes you know it gets bigger and bigger you know we get so many different collectors so it's definitely a good idea uh something i need to work on as well and it's been amazing so thank you so much it's been sharp you know like very very sharp and to the point it's uh it's fun that is true h chip style sharp and to the point so <laughs> which I do appreciate about him very much. <laughs> but thank you guys again. Awesome space and keep creating and we'll be back with you guys soon, I'm sure. So enjoy the rest of your day and talk to you soon.